Welcome to Make Good Fashion, the podcast that's all about starting, launching, and growing impactful fashion brands. I'm your host, Jasmine Rennie. Hey, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for listening, tuning in, watching if you're on YouTube. I am so enjoying doing this podcast. It's been so much fun just getting to chat with friends in the industry and just talk about my journey. And so today I have a fun little story for you guys. And that is how Oprah rejected me. And I have been waiting to make this episode for so long. Like I have been thinking about talking about this before I even had a podcast or telling this story because I think there's a lesson in it. So make sure you stay to the end so you can get the full scope of the story and also get the lesson and all of that. So several years ago, I was working and I got an email that was addressed from the Oprah, the O Magazine team, right? And I saw Oprah in the headline of the email and I'm like, oh, no, 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 this is, this must be another scam. <laughs> I'm like, no, there's no way, Oprah. And so I opened the email and it's from the editors of O Magazine and they were like, hey, we came across your brand. And Oprah's team thinks this would be great for Oprah's favorite things, right? And so I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, this is insane. Like, Oprah's favorite things? Oprah's favorite thing was major. Do you guys remember when they used to do those big, like, Oprah's favorite things shows when Oprah was on? And it was like, you get a car, you get a car, you get a car. Like, that was iconic, you guys. And so hearing that they were interested in my brand for Oprah's favorite things was just like major. Now at the time, Oprah wasn't on anymore, but they still had Oprah magazine, which I think now has gone digital, but they still were printing Oprah Oprah's magazine. And so I didn't care. I'm like, whatever. It can be in the magazine. I don't care if it's not like on the live show anymore. It's still like an iconic thing when you to think about. And so Anyways, I responded so quickly. I'm like, yes, like, tell me what you guys are looking for, like what you guys want and all of that. And so they pulled this photo of an item from my website and it was this shirt. It was just a shirt that we had that was like a bamboo and organic cotton shirt and it had the word daughter going across the collar in embroidered text. And so they were saying they really loved the shirt, but Oprah's creative director want I don't know am I able to say this <laughs> am I gonna get a cease and desist hopefully not he wanted to change some things up right like so they were asking if I can put a sleeve on it like if we can say different words on it all of these things but anything they were asking me for I'm like yes 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 anything for Oprah I will do it all right and so anyways the caveat of all this is that they needed all these samples sent to Oprah's creative director in like a week's time or something crazy. And if you know anything about apparel production, you know that it can take time to source the right materials, you know, to to get prototypes made, made to get patterns done, especially because they wanted to kind of deviate from the original style that I had and add all these extras to it, right? And so we couldn't use the pattern that we already had for that the shirt that they liked. We had to create a whole new pattern um, because they were asking for something um, custom. Now, if you don't really understand the apparel production process, I created a free resource that takes you from the beginning to the end, from design to production, and it gives you all of the steps 
on how to go from design to a tangible product. So if you're interested in that, I will put the link in the in the description, which is makegoodfashion.com slash production checklist. And you can go and download it for free there. And so I got straight to it. I'm pretty sure right in that same moment that they asked me for all of that, I probably got up right from my chair and started going out to source things. So called up my production manager. I'm like, hey, this is the deal. We got to make some things for Oprah. And so I'm searching all over for the things that they wanted because the shirt that we originally originally had was, you know, a sustainable fabric. And so we had to go and source uh, a, another type of fabric that kind of had the same weight, same feel. And so I'm going out sourcing fabric, taking everything to production. They're starting to get prototypes made. Then we have to get some stuff laundered and it, it was a whole ordeal. Then, you know, it goes through several phases. You start with a pattern, right? And then from the pattern, you create the sample, fit the sample, make sure the sample fits. Then the sample was fitting a little oddly. We got it laundered and then it, the collar was weird and we had to make adjustments and all this stuff in the short amount of time. And it wasn't as perfect as I wanted it to get, but we got it to a place where it's like, okay, this is good enough. We got to send it. We're either going to have something to send or we're going to have nothing at all to send. And then we take it to embroidery, which is, you know, the finishing stages. And that takes a little minute and we have to get it rushed and explain to our vendors like, hey, this is for Oprah. This is important. And you need this rushed. And so all of that was going on. And you know, we got this cool custom packaging made for to send to Oprah. It was like a wooden box that was engraved with the brand name on top of it. And all the shirts were like beautifully rolled in this beautiful, sustainable wood packaging and shipped it off to uh, Oprah's creative director. So, you know, we had to wait a little bit to hear back from his feedback from all the things that we sent, which were the items that he requested and, you know, just waiting. And I get a phone call from one of the editors and she's just preparing me. Like, just want to make sure you guys are ready, that you guys have everything in place, that you guys are able to produce this amount of things. So when people order, you know, it, it, it'll it go through and like you have enough inventory to supplement all these orders. And, you know, you guys have this infrastructure and you're set up for the massive amount of traction you're going to get, you know? So she was just kind of giving me the rundown on everything that would happen from the exposure we're going to get from Oprah and to prepare and that they were just waiting to hear back from, you know, the team, the creative direction team. And so, you know, they would get back to me shortly, but, you know, she would follow up later. But from that conversation, I felt really confident because they were basically preparing us for being featured on Oprah's favorite things. And so, I felt great. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited, all of this stuff. And I get another email and it's from the same editors. And they were like, you know, they decided to go in a different direction, but thank you. We'll be sending your items back. <laughs> and I was just so devastated, you guys. I was so devastated because I felt like they had already emotionally, mentally prepared me for being on Oprah's favorite things. I had worked so hard. My team had worked so hard to produce all these samples. I had done exactly what they asked me to do. I had implemented and changed up my designs exactly how they asked me to, all to be faced with, you weren't chosen. You're not selected. You have been rejected. And it was hard. It was just hard to hear because this was my big break. It, like making, I feel like making Oprah's favorite things 
is like equivalent to Forbes, you know, being a Forbes lister. And so, and it's like the stamp of approval. If Oprah loves it, like, oh, you're, you're a shoe in like what? Oprah loves it. And so anyways, it, it made me reflect a little bit. And I started to, I started to think about how it's the importance of being true to who you are as a brand, because I started to think about how the product had gone so far from where it originally was, you know, and the the items that they were asking us to create, yes, it was derived from something that we already had, but it, it started to lose its DNA. Like the final product wasn't necessarily something that I would have produced in my brand. Had it not been asked by Oprah's team to make it, if that makes any sense. And so it started reminding me of the importance of like saying true to your brand and that we don't have to say yes to everything. And this happens like not only in the sense of like these special partnerships with like Oprah or, you know, what have you, but also when you're talking about retail partnerships, when you're working with retail stores, a lot of times they will ask for like special collaboration. So maybe they'll ask for an exclusive piece exclusive for their store you know, which has happened to us too, where it's like, we want to do this dress that you guys already made, but we want to do it in a different color or a different cut, or we want to switch things up. And then you get this final product and you're like, this is not even true to my brand DNA anymore. You know, like this is not even something that I would produce because your name, your brand name is going to be on this this thing. And I think sometimes it can be so hard for us to say no or to, to you know, push back on something because we so badly want that deal, right? We so badly want to be in that store. We want so badly want to be want to be chosen for, you know, whatever list or whatever feature. But I think sometimes even if we stick to our our, our guns and say this is who I am, I don't feel comfortable moving away from this, but I know you're going to love this product. I know once you see it and once you feel it and once you experience it, you're going to love it. I think that you'd be surprised that people will say, okay, you know, and sometimes they won't. Sometimes they'll just be like, no, this is what we want. A lot of times when we end up compromising and saying yes to all these changes, we end up being responsible for why the items are not selling. Buyers and partners will ask us to make these amendments to our product. Then it starts to deviate from our true brand identity and they wonder why it's not able to sell through. Then we become responsible for it. So this is another reason why sometimes it's just better to stick to what you know to be true about your product and what you know will do well. So as designers, I just feel like we need to to know when to say no and to know when the compromise is worth it, but to always stay true to who you are as a brand. And as I'm saying this, I feel like it's true for who we are as human beings too, right? Like, Sometimes life requires compromise. Sometimes life requires us to to be flexible and to make some changes about us to to get into fit in, you know. But sometimes we have to stick to our convictions and say, "No, this is who I am. I'm not going to change these core values that I have for anyone. I'm going to stand true to them." And I think we have to look at our brands like that as well. So anyways, that is my story of how Oprah rejected me. And I hope the lesson that you take away in this is just stay true to who you are. You don't always have to compromise. Only compromise when necessary and when you can stay true to you. 
So I hope that was a helpful story to you. And I'm glad that I can tell the story now and not be like so devastated about it because for a while it really did hurt me. I really was, you know, wanting to be featured by Oprah's favorite things. And it's a great thing to be a part of, but other opportunities arose after that, right? And other opportunities will come for you too if you find yourself in that situation where you just have to say no and you have to stick to your gun. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to YouTube, uh, like and share. And please let me know what you would love to hear more of. I want to speak to the things that, that you want to know about. And I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Make Good Fashion. I hope you found this episode helpful and inspiring as you build your fashion business. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave a review. Remember that building an impactful fashion business takes time and effort, but it's so worth it. So keep pushing forward and don't forget to make good fashion. Good fashion.